I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Welcome to this week's episode of Biz Talks. I'm Kim Singletary, Managing Editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine. And this week we're following up on last week's podcast. Um, Rich Collins did a great podcast with Jack Jensen. He is the founder of TCI Trucking and Warehousing. And what we're talking about is the proposed container terminal at Violet, which is the site of the St. Bernard Port. A $1.5 billion container terminal is being proposed by the Port of New Orleans. And it has definitely run into some opposition um, in the form of um, a group organized by my guest today, Robbie Showalter. Um, he was the chief financial officer of the container shipping group. And I can, am I saying this right? Boasso? Boasso. Boasso. Yeah. And um, until last year, and he has formed a group um, to fight this project called Save Our St. Bernard Port Stop Port Nola. And first of all, I wanted to welcome you onto the show, Robbie. Well, thank you for having me, uh, Kim. Um, I really appreciate giving me the opportunity to kind of, you know, discuss and talk the feelings about residents here in St. Bernard Parish. So you are a longtime resident of St. Bernard? I am a lifetime resident of St. Bernard. Uh, my kids grew up here, and now my kids' kids are growing up here in St. Bernard Parish. And so you obviously have a background in this group, you uh, in this area. You were uh, yes. with a, a container shipping group. So tell me a little bit about your background. Sure. I started out in the container business uh, around 1979. I was actually in the container side of business, the cargo container side of business, and worked there for 10 years. And then I joined up with Walter Boasso and Scott Gibraltar, who ran Boasso America at the time. And uh, I was the chief financial officer. So for the last 30 years, uh, we were building up our company. We started here in New Orleans. And today there's 13 terminals in the United States, six in Europe and four in uh, England. So we've grown a pretty big uh, company in this business. Uh, we specialize in, in tank hauling, um, ISO tank containers, which uh, ships a uh, uh, carry these two tank containers and bring them to the United States. We pick them up, truck them to the destinations, and then bring them back up to facilities where we uh, repair them, clean them, and get them ready to go back and off, you know, to a, a plant, fill up with chemicals, and go off somewhere else. You know, for are you still with them or are you retired? No, or so I'm two years retired. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so I spent, I'm sorry, over the last 30 years I've been with them. So I'm 30 years retired from Boasso. Uh, well, two years retired, 30-year career with Boasso. So when all this project came up, and just to, to kind of recap for those that didn't listen last week, it is a $1.5 billion project that is being proposed by the Port of New Orleans. They've actually bought the property last December. It's 1,100 acres um, at uh, the St. Bernard Port, and they are in the uh, Corps of Engineer permits process at the moment. But I know you kind of got involved in this and, and um, have spearheaded this group, this Save Our St. Bernard Stop Port NOLA. So tell me what, what kind of got you fired up there? Well, when the project was first um, brought to our attention, 
you know, I had an open mind being in the business for so many years. And um, as I went along, you know, asked a lot of questions and, and uh, weren't getting answers to a lot of questions. And uh, the more I researched, the more I looked at this. And just like you said, 1,100 acres uh, is this facility. So this is not just your normal uh, uh, port container terminal. This is what's called a mega port. City in the wall, I mean, the uh, port in the walls right now handles ships of about 5,000, 8,000, what they call TEU containers. Right. One ship they'll come into this port is about 30,000 containers on one ship. And the proposal have three berths, which means that you could have up to around 9,000 containers. So my group uh, was formed years later after all this research. It was a, a group in Violet, Louisiana, where this port is going to take place. And they had a lot of people very scared, very concerned about this massive port. They approached me and said I was in the business. They thought um, I might be able to help. Didn't, didn't know my position at the time. And I was like, well, I was on the fence. And then as I started looking at this, I said, you know what? This is my community. I think uh, we got to take a stance on this. So then I hooked up with Sidney Torres, who's a local attorney here. And he was very much against it now. And, um, and so we joined and created our organization. We brought the Violet Group into our group. So we took all the groups that were opposing this in St. Bernard and formed this organization with the purpose of seeing how we can try and stop the port from happening in St. Bernard Parish. And I know your listeners are mostly business people. I was a business person for 40 years and I understand um, what business means. We're creating jobs, which is a great thing. Everybody wants jobs. Everybody wants to create jobs. Um, but I want to ask all the people listening is that, yeah, we created businesses. We all have families. And so when we have families, what do we do? We want to pick a location that we want to live that's going to be safe. It's going to have good schools. It's going to have uh, security. It's going to be a place where neighborhoods, where kids play, uh, hopefully some ball fields, maybe some parks. And most of us live in the suburbs. You know, so I'm sure most of you listen, live in the suburbs. Well, St. Bernard Parish community is over 250 years old. It has 250 years of culture. And we are a suburban parish. We're not an industrial site. We do have an industrial part of our parish that is run from Araby along the river down to Nero. And it's confined to about no more than a half mile off the river. And, and you start off with Domino Sugar, you end up with Valero Refinery. It's all confined to a very small area along the river. So it's elongated along the river. So it doesn't really impede into our neighborhoods. So again, I'm asking people that are listening, if this is your family, you decide to put your family and put your homes in a place where your kids can play, where they can go to school. So this project is 1,100 acres. It goes two miles from the river to the swamp. 
and that's the length, the width of our parish. And then it's about two, three miles, you know, along the river. So it completely takes up 1,100 acres of, of wetlands in our parish. Now, on each side of these wetlands are neighborhoods. There, and it actually, it's a, a, a black community that lives around this proposed facility. There's a lot of history there. We have a, a cemetery, we have a ball field, we have a school that would have to be removed. Uh, these people live there. They're proud of their parish. They're proud of their community in Violet. The history of Violet is, dates back to when we had slaves on the plantations down here. And when these people became free US citizens, they settled in Violet. Infinite residents settled in Violet and they lived around this proposed facility. Now this is 1100 acres of wetlands, okay? So I asked my listeners also, if you live next to a 1100 acre uh, playground, or I'm sorry, a park that your kids play in, they walk around, you know, they, they enjoy the trees, uh, which actually, you know, removes pollution from our air. And you say, hey guys, guess what? We're gonna put 1100 acres destroy all those trees, and we're gonna put cement down on 1,100 acres of your land. So not now that you have a pollution-eating buffer zone out there with 1,100 acres of swampland and trees, you're gonna take away a place where people hunt, a, people, a place where people go, they play ball. The ball field down there is the home of uh, the black community that uses that facility every single day. It's their neighborhood. Is this your neighborhood? This is where it's coming to. We do have an industrial part of our parish that would be just fine, but if they say it's not big enough. Well, ask yourself, please, if this was in your backyard, would you want this 1,100 acres? Then we have the situation of pollution. So you have these steamships that come in here. Now you come up to 30,000 PEU ships come in here wow. and they dock and they dock for 20, 24 seven and they spew pollution. And it has shown that these ships generate the biggest pollution of anything else in, in the whole world. These ships sit there and they put this pollution into our neighborhoods. So first you take all the trees away then you put these ships in. Now let's talk about the trucks that'll be coming into this facility. It's estimated between three, four, 5,000 trucks a day in the streets in your neighborhood. So again, you had a park, the park's gone. It's all cement now. And then you had three to 5,000 trucks a day running through your neighborhood. Please, what person listening to this podcast would want that in your backyard. And that's what it's all about. This is not an industrial site, Kim. This is not an industrial area. This is a suburban neighborhood, people with families, people with kids. That's what we're talking about. And that's my fight. My fight, look, I'm not against economic development. I want smart economic development. I don't want to put a megaport that's going to 
have 5,000 trucks up and down the streets of neighborhoods. It's unheard of. I've never heard of a port putting into a neighborhood this size facility. I've been to ports all around. Go ahead. Those 5,000 trucks, is that is that coming from, is that what the Port of New Orleans has said? Where Where's that number coming from? Well, they won't say. And because every time you ask them, they won't, but you got to do the calculation. If you got 30,000 30, uh, uh, CU ships, and they said there was going to be a million containers with just one berth that's going to be unloading and loading, okay? They could, they're going to be loading that ship, unloading it, and loading it. So when you do the calculation over 365 days, you get to 5,000 trucks. Now, They'll say some of them are going to go out by rail. And that's another problem. We got one rail line that runs right along the river. How are you going to accommodate an increase in rail traffic? And again, going through neighborhoods, please ask, ask me that, Kim. It's like, how do you handle 5,000 trucks going through your neighborhood? And again, I'm, I, I need to appeal to the people listening to this and, 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 and maybe yourself. You got to keep, you have kids, you can have another one. <laughs> Would you want your backyard up against 1,100 acre cement so, pollution generating facility? Because remember, these 5,000 trucks every day generate pollution. Not just the ships, the trucks are generating pollution. So the, um, so the, the Port of New Orleans has said that, that the 1.2 million a year that they're expecting, like you, you'd said, um, was supposed to, is supposed to be over 25 years. When they, when they open their- Oh, I, I disagree with that. If you okay. got one birth at 30,000 CEU, do the calculation, and then you multiply it times two for second birth, and then you multiply that times three for third birth, okay? So now, so when you ask them about infrastructure, they say, oh yeah, we would like this, we would like that. But Kim, you ever do a, uh, have to do a, a study on an infrastructure package? You know, once they decide to do one study and continue, you're 10, 15 years down the line before that happens, before they probably even construct. So it still doesn't replace the pollution of everything coming into these. Remember, this is being put in a neighborhood that fronts on both sides of this terminal. I've been to terminals all over the United States and all over the world. I've been to uh, um, container facilities all over the world. I have never seen a container terminal put in the middle of a neighborhood, never. It's always in some industrialized, heavy, heavily industrialized part of the cities. Now let's talk about that, okay? So not only or they want to put it in the middle of our neighborhood. They want to put it in the middle of a black community. Now, dating back to 1956, the governments throughout the United States and in building infrastructure in this, in this country targeted low-income, disadvantaged communities because that was the easiest way to build this infrastructure. Is that fair? Let me ask you something. Is that right? And then President Biden now says, no, we got to stop that. And we have that documented on our website. We got to stop that, President Biden says. We cannot take advantage of the areas of our disadvantaged communities. 
it's, it's what we call environmental racism is what this is called. I'm sorry, I know it's born. I know it's- <laughs> No, no, um, it's- it's, uh... but it's, it's environmental racism because where do they put infrastructure at in the United States? They don't put it in, in the middle of a North Shore community. They don't put an 1,100 acre facility in the middle of Mandeville. You know, a pollution generating industry in the middle of Mandeville. You know why? It's because people that have money support politicians that vote on this stuff and approve this stuff. Go to a, a disadvantaged community and what kind of bike you have in a disadvantaged community. I asked you, do they have a, a shot? No, they can't legally fight it. Now, we're gonna try to legally fight it with our organization, but we're up against a monster and we know that. We know they hold all the cards. We know they got you know, direct lines to our politicians. We're trying to make efforts to get to those politicians and ask them to please look and see that this mega port is gonna be in our neighborhoods, not in an industrial part of the parish. And then we have the fact that the Port of New Orleans decides we're gonna build this industrial canal which separated us from the city. I want my your listeners to go along industrial canal and say, do you wanna live next to that? Then the Port of New Orleans says, we're gonna build the next to go. And guess what, St. Bernard Parish? We're gonna bring you jobs. They're gonna have so much development that your parish is gonna flourish. We're gonna bring you Mr. Go. We're gonna develop the Almanasta Industrial Corridor. That's gonna bring hundreds and thousands and thousands of jobs. So what we have now, we have a failed industrial canal. We have a failed uh, Almanasta Industrial Corridor. We have a failed Mr. Go that destroyed our parish. In 2005, we were 100% destroyed. Our citizens here, we fought, we came back. We rebuilt our parish. We rebuilt our parish, not the way it was. We built our parish better. We have the fastest growing parish in the state of Louisiana. It's because we're a suburb that people can come and get affordable housing. They can have great schools that send the kids to. They have a police department that is so secure down here and they keep us safe. We have a good culture and having talked about the culture down here. No, but that is true. And our, our November issue, we actually, our secondary feature is on um, St. Bernard Parish and on the recovery that's happened post Katrina. Yes. And the fact that you are the, the fastest growing parish in Louisiana currently. And I, I wanted to do, I wanted to ask a couple quick questions. One is, um, so, I wanted to see if, if, if at least you're kind of on the same starting ground. Do you believe that, um, so the Port of New Orleans has been bringing up, we are losing business to Mobile. We are losing business to Houston because we cannot take these container ships. Um, is that something that you agree with? Do you think that we do need a container so, terminal just to start out with? So first off, let me give you some history, okay? New Orleans was the biggest steamship container city in the 1970s. They did nothing. We lost it to Houston. 
Mobile, you, you don't compare Mobile. Mobile is nothing. It's really nothing. You know, that's that's absurd. But we lost to Houston because you know what Houston did? They went down in a very isolated part of the city and uh, put that close to the Gulf and built a huge facility over there. Every steamship line in, in New Orleans in the 80s and 90s moved out. So now they're trying to play catch up. Okay, that's great. And there are alternatives to this. And I gave you Plaquemines Parish. The Port of New Orleans is saying Plaquemines Parish is outside. They're not flood protected. Well, their levees have just been federalized. And they're going to be building those levees. And they're going to be flood protected all along Highway 23. Will, I'm just going to I'm going to stop right so, there because I know the, so Jack Jensen did bring that up and he he said that as far as he knew, it, um, the project was an LNG project. And I actually have confirmed with Plaquemines that it is actually two separate projects. So they are doing an LNG project mm -hmm. um, that is um, underway right now. They yep. are have partnered with um, one of the largest export LNG export facilities in North America. According to them, the lease has been signed. They are starting the site work and they are anticipating to start construction on that project, the LNG project in 2022. But okay. then separate from that, um, they are looking at doing a terminal project um, and uh, at mile marker 50 right. that is designed to handle the largest ships out of Panama Canal, that the Army Corps is building out a levee at the site is what they were telling me this morning and mm -hmm. that um, the terminal itself is designed to be elevated and that they're anticipating their first cargo off the dock would be first quarter 2024. And what I had asked is, is, is this an either or situation? Is this where the governor has to pick? Is it St. Bernard or is it Plaquemines? And they said they are not looking for state money that they have gone and are doing public private partnerships in order to fund this. Um, so this is a separate situation. And I know um, Mr. Jensen had said he didn't anticipate that, that there would ever be both projects um, going. No, possibly not. And again, that's, the, I guess, why the race is happening. And that's why okay. the Wallen is racing and shoving us down our throats and uh, just pushing us around because they don't give us no answers. They have no compassion for our people. They have no compassion for the neighbors over there. Uh, Plaquemines is a viable solution, and, and they don't want to admit it because, again, it's outside the jurisdiction of the Board of New Orleans. It's all state now. Plaquemines Parish is not state, but they also have another alternative. You look into the legit, right? And that's the offshore container handling. So the big ships only have to come up the river. They take, they put their containers on this uh, facility at the mouth of the river. And then everything gets shipped up by smaller vessels. And do you know they build these smaller vessels where they can transload from these mega ships onto these smaller vessels? And then you know what happens there? Then they can go anywhere into the United States along the Mississippi River and that whole network of uh, ports all along the river. So there's a whole lot of ports, liberty ports all along the river. Um, what, my, 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 what my comment is that why are we being you know, forced so quickly? Why are y'all not listening to the citizens that are pleading and they're scared to death that of this facility in their backyard, the place where people decide to raise their families and have a 250 year culture 
we fishermen, you know, we love out hunting. We love out fishing. And, um, and it's going to destroy that. It's going to make us an industrial wasteland. Um, Plaquemines are legit. Don't let the Port of New Orleans downplay that. And it is Louisiana. These are all Louisiana, just Louisiana, just our region. It doesn't take away from the opportunities that's created by putting a gigantic uh, mega port in Violet, Louisiana, in a suburb. A sub like I said, if you try to put this on the North Shore, no, let me take it. Let me take a second thing. Let's just say, oh, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to where Audubon Zoo and Audubon Park is, take that out, and put this mega port there. What kind of shot do you think that has? Well, our 1,100 acres that neighbors onto families is our park. We don't understand that it's our park. We do a lot with those wetlands. And again, like I can't stress, you're gonna remove 1,100 acres of trees. And I wish, I beg people to go on our website and see this information, www.sosaintbernard.org. We have all this information out there. So when you're talking about we, what, how big of a group is this and, and what does so, it encompass? Uh, yeah, so our immediate committee, we have a committee of 26 people, half from Violet and the other half from across the parish. And we get in support from Araby all the way down to St. Louis, St. Bernard. We have 8,000 people that have joined the fight here in St. Bernard Parish. I'm talking about 8,000 out of 30,000 adults in our parish, okay? That's over 25%. Because normally you got 50% who don't care about anything, you know? So we're striving to get to the 15,000. But we have 8,000 residents that are opposing this, flat out opposed. We cannot find anyone that supports this project, except some people that's gonna really benefit financially. And I guess, you know, that's okay. You know, they're going to make some money off of this. That's the only people we find down here in St. Paul Parish that are supporting this. And um, so, so 2,000 people have signed up saying, no, we don't want this. So you were talking about, you know, uh, a lack of a chance for, for public input. And um, the, the Port of New Orleans has said, well, that technically hasn't even begun yet, that their public permitting process, which is federally required, is not, is not, has not started yet, and that it will be a two to three year process that'll include like the EPA, the Army Corps, the traffic, you know, traffic studies, cultural studies, all of that. Um, and that it's kind of, they're kind of like, we, we haven't even started yet. And so like, kind of, you know, give us a chance to, to get out there and to do these, these, um, these studies and things like that. So what is, what is your response to that? Okay. So let me ask you a question. How would you like someone to come and say, Hey, we're doing this. We're putting it in your neighborhood. You don't have nothing to say about it. Hey, look, they're building a casino and slide out. Okay. Guess what? The people, there are people against it, some people for it, but guess what they're having? They're having a vote of their citizens to see if they want to have this in their backyard. So we were never, ever given any opportunity. We knew nothing of this until December of 2020. 
that they're going to smash this mega porch in the middle of our neighborhood. So the audacity of someone to say, oh, we're doing this, and we'll get you input later. Ask me, listeners out there, does this seem right to you? I'm asking and pleading with you. How in the world are you going to put $1.5 billion into a community and not even talk to them about it up front? The first time they proposed this back in 2018, we had, they decided to go and, and talk about this to our citizens. The first meeting they, they went to, they got run out. They never came back since. Now they got what they call an advisory committee. What advisory committee they put together is by our residents and they're against this. But you know why they're doing this? Because on the Corps of Engineers application, it says you gotta have a community uh, input. So that's why they're doing that. But why now? Why are you doing this now? Why didn't you do this four years ago when y'all were talking about doing this? So is that fair to the St. Bernard Parish residents? I ask you, I ask my listeners. Why Did, were we not given some opportunity for input up front? Get the studies, get the facts, and then say, this is what's going to happen. We already have plans to take care of this. We already have plans to take care of that. But no, you talk to the Port and the Wallens, they say, this is happening. It don't matter what y'all say. This is happening. I'm telling you, everybody you talk to, I talk to port commissioners, and they say, you can do whatever you want. This is happening. So they say it's happening. They don't care about public input. And Kim, in your neighborhood, would you like that? My people are scared down here. They're scared to death. They got this big old gigantic mega port that's put in the middle of their neighborhoods and they have no input. So what are they gonna do now, come in? So those meetings wanna understand, they're more about the port having this third party representative, supposedly a third party, trying to convince them this is a good thing. And people be saying, no, I don't want this in my backyard. So what kind of input is that? They're not getting input because if they lifted the input, I got 8,000 people right now, so they don't want it. They would just pack up and go, right? 8,000 out of 30,000 people is a lot of people saying, no, we don't want this. And we haven't, we just started, we're only two months old. We're gonna get the 15,000 people opposing this thing. And you get 50% of anything in this country, the people, especially you got people don't even vote. You got 30% of people voting. You get 50% 50 of the whole population that says no. Why can you ignore that? I'm asking the listeners, if this is in your backyard, how would you feel? Even if you are a business person going to make a lot of money. And look, everybody has to, I have to look back myself. And that's between me and my God on everything I've done in business and say, did I do the right thing? And I do that all the time. And I got to say, I try to take care of my employees. I try to take care of the environment. I try to take care of the people that we were servicing. And that's, um, it's so important. So again, if the answer to your question is, why now? And you can ask the court in the wall, why now? Why not before? Why not like, like over there in Slidell, when they get ready to build the casino and people have a little concern, they say, okay, Let's put it up to vote. And they're going to have a vote on this. And if we had a vote in St. Bernard, whatever which way it went, the people involved would have to just suck it up, you know? But again, remember, 250-year culture. 
And a lot of people think of St. Bernard people are backwards. Okay, that's fine. I'm okay with that. But it's a lifestyle we love. We love, you know, sitting on our corporate ball and crawfish. I'm sorry, it's the way we are. We love just having our neighborhood uh, parties in the middle of the streets. It's just, we love hanging out in the neighborhood, walking up and down our street, enjoying our neighbors and having a good time. That's our culture. That's what we, we're a culture. We're a, we organize from a fishing community and that's what Bow community is. And let me tell you, those people are very proud. They're proud to be in St. Bernard. They don't care what the rest of the parish think of them. They love their lifestyle. And, and look, God loves everybody's lifestyle. It don't matter who you are, where you at, what kind of status you have, what kind of gated neighborhood you live in. God loves all his people. And God loves the people in Bali. And I want God to take care of them. So and that's my driving force on this. And I'm, I'm trying to help these people and myself because these trucks will leave up down my, my front yard. So as I understand it, the Port of New Orleans, like the, the main argument is we don't know what any of these impacts are going to be yet. We haven't done the environmental studies. We haven't done the traffic studies. We haven't done the cultural studies. And that if any point it comes where this is not going to work out, then it just falls apart and it's not going to move forward. And so, you know, everybody kind of needs to sit back and wait and let these studies be done and let us, you know, figure out what the, what's going to yeah. happen. Is that, yeah. is that not I, how you say is, you know, why is this now? Okay. Second thing is don't let them fool you. Okay. They know what they have to do. They spent $4 million on hiring a company that's gonna walk them through all this stuff. $4 million, okay? We lucky, we raised, we, we raised about $40,000 so far with our little group. $4 million just to make this happen, okay? They've already done two transportation studies, by the way. So don't say they're gonna start doing it. They've already started the Corps of Engineers permitting. So you gotta understand a synchronous residents that we're never told anything about this, how skeptical we can be. And then we do remember this to go. We do remember industrial canal. We do know the Almanacs of Florida, the promises, the jobs, all that infrastructure that was supposed to be built. We remember that. It destroyed our parish three times. 1927, the Will of and flooded our parish. The Bill Mr. Go that flooded us with Katrina. So we are very skeptical with the Port of New Orleans. And I have a hard time believing they don't know the answers to every question we have. I know they know the answers, but the answers aren't good for their PR. It doesn't fit their narrative. And that's the fact. I promise you press them, they know these answers. And we're disappointed in St. Bernard that you're taking a suburb, a suburb of New Orleans and trying to turn it into industrial wasteland. So the argument, so like you said, on their end, they're, you know, on the uh, Port of New Orleans side, they're looking at, you know, this would be a boom to the parish and to jobs and to, so it, is your argument kind of, I mean, on that end of being the fastest growing parish currently, that that's not something that you need enough <laughs> for, the, for this project? doing well, Jim. We okay. were, we've got people come in, just like if you said to uh, people living in Mandeville, 
that have gated communities, will they sacrifice their communities for, for all what their court is going to say is going to bring to our parish? We're pretty darn happy. We've been around for 250 years. We survived a Kaiser uh, closing that had 3,000 jobs down here. We did fine. What's that make, what makes us different than any other suburb in the New Orleans area? I asked him. I asked the court of New Orleans that. What makes us different than all those people in the gated communities in, in Mandeville? Please. What's so different about all those people around Audubon Park? Why are we so different? We okay? We're doing fine? We're doing just fine. We're a suburb. We commute to work. That's what suburbs do. They commute to work to go get the job. So why pick on St. Bernard Parish? I ask you, Kim, please tell me, why are we different than Slidell? Why are we different than Mandeville? Why are we different than Uptown? I ask my listeners, please tell me. I'm begging to find out. So on the, on the port side, um, you know, I know what Jack talked about in his podcast last week is that the infrastructure is there that is needed. So the the rail, the barge, the um, the all all of that is is there, and that it is within a um, a protected area, um, unlike in Pacamans as far as levee protected, and that that's why it looks like it, it's so appealing is because the infrastructure is there and it is is kind of the the time to move so is that but so he's, he agrees with the strategy of the government since 1956 is that take advantage of those disadvantaged people and just shove it down in throats jack denson said he'll move his business down there jack denson we have a place where you can move your business now why are you waiting we have a beautiful industrial park over, over by the old Kaiser facility. Why are you waiting now? You're going to wait to destroy us and bring in more pollution to an era, a neighborhood? I ask you. So economics and all governments, it's not just down here. It's governments across the, the nation. They pick the disadvantaged communities and destroy them. I'm telling you, you go to any facility in the United States that has a container port and look at the blight, you look at the poverty, you look at the trash, it's not pretty. I've been there 30 years, 40 years in this business. I've seen them, but they're also confined to industrial areas of their cities. But it's not pretty. I just ask my listeners, your listeners right now, go right along Industrial Canal and just say, wow, this is a great place. Let me build my home here. So there is a point, Kim, yes. No, we don't, it, great, Plaquemines Parish, and again, Jack's wrong. They will have flood protection. So why? why? Well, again, I know why. It's, he, he makes a lot of money on the Port of New Orleans, and I don't, Blame him. I mean, he's a, he's a good businessman. He's a good guy. I've known him for all these 30 years. You know, he makes money from the Port of New Orleans. He's dependent on the Port of New Orleans. So I understand where he's coming from. I do. But it's going to be on the backs of somebody. And unfortunately, since 1956, it's been a 
acts but about disadvantaged communities and that's a change that's a real change so where so how are you moving forward with this i know excuse me <clears throat> i know that the port of new orleans is moving forward with um their processes and and um starting to do their studies and things like that that's all coming up in the future um on your end what does the future look for like for you guys you said you're trying to get to that you know 50 yeah. percent. So, so, so we have an organization we got some very very smart people and we're going to approach this from four different angles our first one was of course uh, community awareness which we made the people understand how big this is like i said we're not an uptown here with servicing five to eight thousand communities, you know this is going to be huge. So we educate; they understand. That's why we signed up eight thousand people already in two months. And every day I'm going to sign up all the time to get people out there with petitions. So that was the one front. We're going to try to bring some advocacy groups in because I think we're perfect as a, especially President Biden's orders that this, this needs to be stopped. I think that we can bring some advocacy groups and say, wow, you putting this into a 270-year culture neighborhood in a disadvantaged area. So we'll attack on that front. We also have the legal front, which I won't talk about. But we have, have a lot of people working on this. We have a lot of people working on this. And when we hit, we're going to hit hard. But this is not going to be an easy thing for the court in the law. They think it is because again, when you can spend four million dollars in a heartbeat, geez, we can barely raise forty thousand dollars right now, you know. So forty four million dollars, yeah, that's a drop in the bucket. No big deal. We can use that money to fight these people. We don't care what they think. And I think that's the impression we're getting down here is that every time we do something, you know, we invite a, a representative into our office. We talk to them. You know, then guess what? The next week they have closed door meetings with those representatives. How can we fight that? I'm just appealing to your listeners. I'm appealing to people. Put this in your neighborhood. When you talk about Jack Benson, okay, then I can say he's a good guy. He lives in a nice place. But if you ask him, would you put an 1,100 acre facility in your backyard? He would be happy to do that. I'm sorry, I just don't buy that. I don't buy any of your listeners. I know they're all business people, and I know sometimes the mighty dollar that controls everybody's thinking. But you gotta understand this is somebody's family. This is somebody's kids we're talking about. Think about your family and kids. Think about your grandkids. I'm tell I'm serious. Yeah. This is how big this is down here. And to put it into an area like Violet, Louisiana. Uh, like I said, we have an entire industrial area. It's very confined. It's going to infringe on our neighborhood. So in the next two to three years, as this public permitting process um, or gets started and, and moves forward, I'm assuming you guys are going to be a very vocal part of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. We know we know it's a long battle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, I, I really appreciate you taking the time and um, and um, okay. feel free to throw out. So what so what's the website again? www sostbernard.org or www.softbernard.org. We have a Facebook group called Stop the Destruction of St. Bernard. We also have a Facebook page at SOS 
St. Bernard's or SO St. Bernard. Awesome. And I, really I, appreciate I, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to talk for my citizens here. This is our home, this is our suburb, this is our families, this is our community, this is our culture. We love our culture. We love our way of life. Well, so yeah. This put is, themselves in our shoes. This is like you said, this is going to be a, a, an ongoing issue and yes. um, you're going to see this a lot in the news. So Right. And we're going we to be we're, in our organization in it for the long haul. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to try and watch, you know, again, like I said, we're fighting a giant. You know, they could bring in people from Washington, D.C. to fight us, you know. But I have a hard time believing that Biden would allow something like this, especially when he specifically pointed out about this happening across our country for the last 55 years. So, but anyway, uh, again, thank you so much. You know, to, to try and have the rest of the Orleans understand what we're going through, our people are scared. Our people are very scared. And maybe it's easier to let people know. Just put yourself in our shoes. And just, you know, geez, they, they want to put a casino on Slidell and the people are angry. Yeah, a casino that's, on their own you know and they're getting a voice heard so that's all well we that'll want. that'll be another issue that we will definitely yeah. be looking yeah. at and covering um yeah. there's a, a lot of movement a lot of uh work towards growth in different areas and right and yeah. look me here sitting in st bernard i look over there and say wow they, they could tell you they're talking about water parks they're talking about hotels they're talking about all this stuff that's pretty good but again i don't live there but yeah. i guess if i did i would not want that in my neighborhood so i kind of I, I agree with that. It's a nice proposal they have. But I think I would be fighting against it over there, especially with my neighborhood. There's we're definitely not, we're, a we're very small parish. We're a very small parish. This is overwhelming for right. the size of our parish. You know, 40,000 people total. Like I said, 30, about 30,000 adults uh, voting age. And uh, we're just two miles wide, you know, and then we follow the river. And it's very small. And something like this, accomplish a big percentage of our parish. So again, thank you so much. No, we will definitely be um, be keeping up on everything that's going to be happening it. in the next few years. And and um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and to share your side of things. And yeah. we're trying to share both sides. And then that's we're right. looking at getting, trying to get Plaquemines, um, talk to the Port yeah. of Plaquemines as yeah, well. Yeah, get with Plaquemines, you know, so I communicate with the Plaquemines Port all the time and just see what they're doing and how they're doing. And, and um, they're very positive, optimistic. And I actually talked to people with a legit too, this one that's all, all in the Gulf of Mexico. Wouldn't that be nice to have it out there? Where the ships, and actually if the ship is, that would be great too, because the ships would just come into the mouth of the river. They only have to cross the river, unload all their stuff, and then they transload smaller ships to go up the, the Mississippi River. So, well, like, like what happens so often, we're all in agreement that, that something has to be done, that we need to be <laughs> oh, competitive. Um, and, and then it's just, how do you, where does this yeah, happen? Like, how does it happen? So that's what people ask. Have you been in business all the time? You know, I said, no, I'm not blessed <laughs> my backyard. And I think there's a lot better places to put this and, and help Louisiana. But we're playing big catch up. I told you, since the 1970s, our state has not put money into our port development. And we fell behind. And it's, look, Houston's going to be a tough fight no matter what you put down here, you know. Right. Not so sure you can take this away. And then they got a lot of ports on the East Coast that are developing some other ports too. And uh, it's going to be competition. So I don't know. Um, I don't even know where to damage 
a shipper would have to bring his 30,000 TBU ship up the Mississippi River versus a lot of these other ports that uh, service right on the, uh, the Gulf or the ocean. You know. So we'll see. We'll absolutely see. I really appreciate it again. Thank you so much for your time and thank everybody for listening. Our November issue is out on stands. Well, coming up November 1st, it's our family business issue. So you will be seeing a lot of what's going on there. Um, yeah, we have the head of the Tulane Family Business Center is our big Q&A. And we're going to be talking about actually St. Bernard Parish and being one of the largest, um, the fastest growing parish in Louisiana right now. So this kind of dovetails nicely into that. That's our November issue. Thank you so much. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.